0: The road ahead is uncertain, but the end is clear. We are better defended. Against him. Whomever may dare to challenge us. The threat of war looms. The gods have yet to make a man who lacks the patience for absolute power, your grace. A, B, It's headphones nail. and welcome back to another episode of Headphones Neil Reviews. I'm your host as always Headphones Neil bringing you my review for the season premiere of House of the Dragon called The Heirs of the Dragon. So, we have the first episode in the prequel show for Game of Thrones where we see the ulti- or we begin to see, I guess, the ultimate downfall of the Targaryen dynasty. This is well after the doom of Valyria, so Um, Is definitely not the height of their power, but they are still the ruling family. So um, we get to see how life was before the events of Game of Thrones and how life was when the Targaryens were in power. So overall, I want to say that the show is off to a really good start. I was reading a few complaints of the show that the quality was not particularly great as far as the cgi and all of that stuff goes and i didn't have noticed personally as far as anything standing out as terribly bad or anything like that but i guess we'll see as the show goes on i am going to re-watch the episode to see if i do notice anything as far as that goes but in my initial watching i was they basically tried to get an overall look and feel of the show see where they're going see how the story progresses Um, I did recently rewatch the first few episodes of season one of Game of Thrones and I want to say they did a pretty good job of capturing that same theme as far as starting the show off. Um, We are introduced to a number of characters, um, the various Targaryens, a lot of the ruling houses and families, so you get a lot of names that are familiar, some that are new. But overall, with the focus of the Targaryens, much like with Game of Thrones, where that you have the initial focus on the Baratheons and the Starks, here we have the Targaryens in power. You have a few other of the ruling families, notably the High Towers, because you have um, the Hand of the King being a High Tower. I want to say. Um, so overall, all of that stuff was good. Um, I did like the opening sequence to get it started as far as the episode itself, as far as the voiceover by, I want to say, Renera or Rhaenyra, I forget which one it was, but uh, you have the voiceover giving us an introduction, and then the summary text saying telling us that it's like 172 years before the birth of Daenerys from Game of Thrones, so... I like that. I like that they kept it brief. They didn't go on and on for, you know, minutes and minutes and like a half hour of just the voiceover, um, voiceover introduction. So that was good. Um, I don't know that they need to keep doing that, but now that they're basically they were setting up that whole introduction to have a, to give us the proper state of mind of where we're at. Much like we saw in Lord of the Rings with, um, I want to say Galadriel, where we have her... Various voiceovers and progression and notes and things like that basically give us a a frame of mind of what's going on with the realm of what the various realms of the elves and men and hobbits and all of that. So very good start there. Um, I will say overall, as far as the first half of the show goes, I liked or I guess um, overall, as far as this episode goes, I like that we have the brother of the king. Um, be, or we, they introduce a formation of the city watch and the gold cloaks as far as setting up the city's defenses and having their own basic police force to protect the city for the tournament of the hand or the hands tournament or whatever it's called so I like that and I like that they're trying to keep it in the family so keeping it a tight knit, um, bit of control even though the brothers are kind of against each other and the brother i want to say wants to be the hand but um he had the king has other obligations for the realm something along those lines so overall that was good and i that's the whole scene was a little bit brutal to watch but it was um on the way for as far as being a good introduction for the um city watch um, but overall, you're essentially setting up the episode to be a lot of name drops and family names and things like that. So you get an idea of the current power structure. So you have the Targaryens and the High Towers as being the prominent names. Um, there is a name drop for the Baratheons and I think the Coles as far as um, other houses. Um, it isn't until the very end of the episode when all the various families are swearing fealty to Rhaenyra, Rhaenyra Targaryen as the heir to the throne and we do get the name drop of Rickon Stark so or Rickard Stark, one of the R names, but we do get the Stark name drop. So I want to say either they're not as prominent of a family or that's kind of where their name was in the... they're, they're not as close to the Targaryens as some of the other families But the name that stood out as not being there was the Lannisters. So I'm not. So I want to say this was probably during the time prior to their prominence, so they might have been a secondary family or not quite as high up on the list of families in the current power structure with the Targaryens. So that kind of stood out as weird. But I do want to rewatch the episode to see how that, to see if maybe I just missed it, or to see if I could see their um, lion banner when the prince was doing his. Um, picking the person he wants to joust against, and maybe they were there, and he didn't pick a Lannister or something along those lines. Um, now, as far as a connection to the Game of Thrones or to Game of Thrones, we do have a couple of name drops. One was uh, indirect; one, the other one was quite direct. So, as far as the uh, indirect name drop during the King's Council. He does say when he gets angry after the death of his wife and son that he's not going to have a feast for the crows at his council, which I want to say is a name drop to the second or third book in the Game of Thrones franchise um, called A Feast for Crows. So um, I thought that was a nice little way of integrating that. Um, we didn't... and that, And the thing that stood out here as well is that we don't have a... Um, particular connection to the Night's Watch so I don't know if it's not as prominent of a thing or they're going to build that in eventually but we don't really have much going on with the Night's Watch as of yet so we'll see if maybe the knights they have an origin story for that or if they um, explain I no, I don't remember how the or what the current or what the formation of the Night's Watch was as far I want to say it's related to you know the White Walkers and all that but if they Bring it up as a connection to the City Watch or something along those lines, but um, I do want to see what the current state of affairs for the Knight's Watch is. Um, but that's neither here nor there. The other connection is quite directly to related to a Game of Thrones, where um, the king tells Rhaena before her at during her cor- or prior to her coronation that. Um, Aegon had a dream called the I- Song of Ice and Fire where he had a dream about the events of Game of Thrones that there's gonna be um a, a major event that's gonna sh- potentially sh- break apart the realm and it's they're only gonna make their way through it if they have a Targaryen on the throne which by having Daenerys th- trying to vie for the throne and um, Jon Snow coming together with her that um that's essentially how they were able to defeat the threat but because they were on the throne they were trying to vie for it that the realm ultimately failed because there was no Targaryen on the actual throne so essentially the dream came to pass but because the Targaryens were united with their armies they were able to defeat the White Walkers so an interesting connection there and I actually kind of want to have more of that dream or see or more of that politics and um more, more stuff like that. Basically, just it was all, um, and it was an interesting thing that they have a secret that either got lost through, over the course of time, or I'm kind of curious as to why that didn't survive. Or because of um, Robert's Rebellion, that that's why it got lost, and the messages weren't passed along or something like that. Or maybe even um, Daenerys's brother had that information but didn't share it because he thought he was going to be king and didn't tell daenerys so she didn't know about all that or whatever so um that's neither here nor there but overall for me it's a good start to the season um i'm very interested in how they go from here to see all the interactions um i have not read actually read fire Blood, so i think i'm gonna go and read that now that um or at least listen to the audiobook or something like that but overall it's a good start to the season i want to find out more about the um transition to power see what happens see how the realm de- um, deals with the um potential of having a queen instead of a king so um that's all there is for this particular review um i don't know as far as going forward if i'm going to do a weekly recap um of of the f season or do it as a whole to get an overall feel but so far so good as far as a start to the season i actually want to see where they take it from here what they do how they progress the story and um how the what the end game is or even if they tie it um progress the story and bring it up directly up until the events of game of thrones where they show us robert's rebellion or even bring it up to the point of robert's rebellion and the um events of the with the mad king with um Jamie Lannister killing the Mad King and um, Sean Bean as Ned Stark finding him on the throne, all of that stuff, and make that connection and tie it all tie it directly to um, Game of Thrones, which would as a bit of speculation now that would be my theory. And not having read Fire and Blood, but kind of want to see where they take it from here and um, tie it all together. What other connections they make? How they set up um, all the various cities and houses and all of that and make those connections so that's all there is for this particular review so if you have any questions comments feedback or anything like that you can comment on this post on twitter at patel n01 the website is headphones for past episodes subscription links supporting the show and all of that good stuff but and i'll say before i sign off um i am going to keep my eyes on the website beautifuldeath.com where they well, uh, one an artist I think is Robert M Kimball or Robert M ball or something like that used to do a episode by episode recap artwork for the major um, quotes of each episode so I'm kind of curious to see if he's going to continue that artwork to into house of the dragon to have you know the ba- major quotes of um, each Um, episode for House of the Dragon, but that's at beautifuldeath.com. I always found that inspiring. The site's still up for all the Game of Thrones artworks, all the way back to episode one, so definitely check that out. But that is all for this particular episode. Thanks for tuning in and